And we welcome you inside this Friday edition of the Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comentia with you alongside the incomparable and all-knowing Jill Adge. We are here, Jill, to talk about what has transpired in this new DeBontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo era. Jeremy Lamb also had one, like game, one game of where, Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> one game of Jeremy Lamb. Yep, you already knew where I was going with that. No Josh Jackson, a little bit of Trey Lyles. Uh, but this era of Kings, as they finish out their season, we're at All-Star break, of course, All-Star weekend. 22 games left on the docket when we get back next when next Thursday when they're back in Sacramento to play Denver. Two and two in these first four games. But the first thing we have to say, and I know you're already thinking it, way more fun to watch, excluding the Brooklyn game where nothing would go down. But way more fun to watch these games. They're a more entertaining team. Yeah, and I'll go back to... Uh... <laughs> You were saying how you were having a hard time watching, right? Like we were mm-hmm. all saying that, like we wanted to turn it off. And even uh, Mr. Jerry Reynolds himself uh, had said that like he like he had not wanted to watch anymore. And these last yeah. four games, he actually felt like I'm enjoying myself watching again. Like we were all feeling this. And so as a fan, I want I want to be able to watch the games, right? Or at least like have some enjoyment watching the games. Um, They went two and two. I mean, we keep saying this. I'm not completely worried about wins and losses at this point. It's building a foundation now of your core players and ensuring they work together. Um, But in the same sense too, if they don't, I, it sure seems like Sabonis is their guy and then other pieces would be moved. So, I mean, things can always change, right? We, no one thought he would be available last year. No one thought Ben Simmons would be available. Like you, you never, no one thought, well, maybe some people thought Harden would be moving again. Others, maybe not. Um, You just never know who becomes available and who doesn't. Right. But at this point, like, I want to see, we've seen a good two man game so far. And, and even Barnes, to his credit, kind of looks like the Barnes, you know, from the beginning of the season. And whether that be um, he's not really forcing things, um, Sabonis gets guys into really good positions, um, knows has to, how to set screens. To me, I wish he, you know, got credit for those, those kind of like hockey assists of, you know what I mean, like where they can get up to like the the double assists, you know, between people. Right. Um because half the time, even if he's not directly involved, like he's assisting the directly person it's who's involving it. Yeah. Um, yes. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. I like seeing the ball, you know, movement around again. Um, it's, you know, uh, for people who weren't around, you know, back then it's very, uh, you could see Sabonis excelling in the Princeton coachy offense that we had, you know, during those, during those glory years. And so for me, it's enjoyable seeing that kind of basketball again, and not as much of the, the ISOs, you know, the, or the guys standing in corners, you're seeing more cutting and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's the end of the day, I'm enjoying it more. So, Hey, have a spot on that one. And I mean, I know we talked about this on the last one too. My feelings, if, if they're able 
to get to that 10. Cool. Like, I mean, it, I, to me, it's more so needed with Fox than anybody else because all the guys you just grabbed have been in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like it would be cool for, I would say Fox and Mitchell because they wouldn't necessarily be the butt of, of jokes. If you could get the 10 and then make it to, you know, the actual playoffs. Um, because, you know, as we haven't really been watching the all-star stuff, but we saw that, you know, they were already getting joked on, um, you know, at the beginning of that. And so just seeing that stuff go away would be nice. But, um, but at the end of the day too, Gracie, sorry. It's like right on cue. Um, but if you're able If you're able to get to the, um, you know, if you're not able to get to the 10 and, and you keep losing and have more chances at that high draft pick, I think all the the possible top end talent we can get is, oh, yeah. is just as important um, at, at this point. And I think too, even if Fox doesn't get it, you know, make the playoffs again this season, we've said this is the first time that we feel like the team is active, actively like trying to legitimately build around him or give him top end talent. So it's on the onus is on him at this point, right? Like it's, we're starting to give you the pieces. We can't necessarily be blamed completely. Now you have to do your part. And, and so he's answering that bill credit to him, the last seven games, you know, he's averaging 26 points um, over 50% from the field, 37.9 from three at, four attempts a game, um, four assists or no, sorry, over five assists, almost five rebounds. Um, I mean, he's, he's putting up those Fox numbers that we want. And so if he continues to do that and Sabonis continues to do his stuff, um, then it becomes back on the front office to, you know what I mean? To, to do their part again. We keep saying that was step one. Now, you need this off season. You're going to have to see those next steps because what do we always say? One move is not going to completely fix this spot. You need it to combine it with a good draft, some good free agents, possibly more trades. Um, and, and that's, you know, money, like he got rid of Halliburton, which is a huge asset, but he also kept all his draft picks. He has Barnes. If, if that's an option, you know, to pair with draft picks to even get someone better than him, he's got homes, um, you know, with draft pick, like there's, there's options there. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you can see things. It's just, again, none of it's going to matter if they don't complete the, right. The the next steps available, but step one, you made the move and it's more enjoyable to watch. So I guess that's, small bar, but that's, that's where we're at right now. But it, again, like we said, if you compare it with the draft and some moves, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I said this, I believe one of us did, I mean, maybe it wasn't me, but someone said how maybe it was you actually, it's kind of a win-win the rest of this way, because yeah, if they make the play in, that's cool. We're not going to hate that. We've, we've been miserable for so long. We're going to take that little, little success. I don't even know if you even call it success, but a little bit of excitement and we're going to run with it. However, if they don't, and they get this top pick that Monty purposefully kept, then great. This, you know, you can add another top end talent. And when you look at it, and I, I love doing this because it just, it's hilarious to me 
how weird the NBA is. Right now, the Kings are sixth in lottery projection. Like they're projected to pick sixth. Only five other teams are ahead of them in terms of record, worst record. I didn't even realize till right now, Jill, the Magic are as bad as they are. 13 wins. But the Trailblazers, now you look at the, yeah. play, the play. All their, all their injuries and everything else, they're just, yeah. The Magic? It's bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Um, and that's all purposeful as well. But the Kings are 13th in the West right now. And they're only three and a half, three and a half games back out of Portland. And Portland is making no sense. They've won four. They've won every game since. Actually, they might have lost one game, but they've won four straight. Actually, I think that is every game since the trade deadline. Josh, ha- Josh Hart is going ballistic, and all of a sudden they're like they look like a better team after trading McCollum, who was their best active player because Lillard isn't playing. McCollum was the guy, and they traded him for Hart and you know some picks, and now they're playing really well. And just, Simmons is going off. He's finally getting his. His extended opportunities, you know, and this to me, this is a good reminder of why you don't call guys bus after right. a year or two. Like he's just been waiting in the wings and he's gotten sporadic minutes. You know what I mean? And then he was kind of like the guard off the bench, but now he's getting his first real, like real, real kind of starting shot and look what he's doing. And you had people who were saying that he was done and couldn't do this kind of stuff. So just out there, good reminder of, Patience, you know, when, it, when patience for these, cause he was, he was so young coming into the, and he was, yeah, too. he was a unique story. He was he that IMG, IMG Academy. Yeah. yeah. So he was a baby. So just good reminder there. And he's thriving without Lillard out, which, you know, maybe they'll start spinning that narrative in Portland. Like, are they better without Lillard? You know, like every, I just saw another one Fox. every day he gets asked about it and he had to say, Oh, Portland's where I want to be. Like, if I was a fan of that team, like I would be so like every day you have to see that quote of this is where I want to be. Or I'd be exhausted if I was him, that that's the question that gets asked literally every single day that it's like, you can't come up with anything else at this point. Like, have we not beat that question <laughs> to the ground by now? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, he's like the last guy standing because from who was there, who were the, who the big people when he arrived. Um, Aldridge, obviously, several years ago now. Terry Stotts was his only coach, I think, right? I could be wrong, but I think Stotts and him came in. Came Lillard came in at this time Stotts did, or maybe Stotts was a couple years after. I forget how long Stotts yeah, cause was Yeah, because w- was it McMillan that was before Stotts? Oh, yeah, McMillan, you're right. I want to say. McMillan, but it wasn't long yeah. with McMillan. If he, wa- if he was, it was, yeah. It a was. year or two. But yeah, so then now Stotts obviously is gone. Someone apparently potentially on the Kings radar this offseason. And then McCollum's gone. So it's not like it doesn't make sense that people are asking these questions. But yeah. Yeah, but it's like he's not going to give a different answer like no. at this point. That it's like, that's my thing is it's like he's literally saying the same thing every time. Like he's not going to all of a sudden give you a different answer right now. Like right. he no. said the same thing at the trade deadline. Same thing right after the trade deadline. Four day. You know what? A week after the trade deadline, it's the same answer. Like, so again, maybe ask it again in the off season. Like at this point, I'm just laughing. Like during the season, it's been the same answer every single time. Like it's 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 not going to change for the rest of the season. No, it won't. At least save it for summer. <laughs> and, well, yeah, right. There's going to be a lot of storylines this summer, that's for sure. Um, but backtracking to the Kings, another positive for me, Jill, in the losing aspect of things, um, is and. I don't think he was ever going to come back anyway, but the more they lose, of course, the more likely it is that McNair goes and gets his own coach 
and and that's not Gentry, some young guy. Because Gentry, uh, people yeah. forget how old Gentry. Gentry's like almost seventy. He's an old. He's an old guy, um, which doesn't mean that he's necessarily not qualified. But you probably want to get a younger brain in, in there, um, like you know, like the Jaeger was. I keep saying Atkinson. I have a, a, an infatuation with the guy. But you've listed Cassell. You've listed Darvin Ham. There was a, a long I mean, list. And of- and the last one I did was what David Adelman, who's running yes. the his dad's offense essentially with Jokic like that. And has I mean, a now that you have Sabonis, like yeah, that becomes true. that becomes interesting. But yeah, I mean Atkinson's a guy that makes every player better. Um, but I do think this opens a lot of you know different opportunities. And would you even still go Cassell? I mean, I I don't know. Like, I know you still have your two main guards, um, but again, yeah, I mean, it's. They could go anywhere thoughts, now. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's options. There's yeah, Tony's I mean, even another coach who says he implements Adelman a lot is Mike D'Antoni. I mean, that's a whole nother. I mean, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what Monty does with that, especially with what else he fills out with this. Cause that could have a huge impact on. If he's going to go system or name, I'm really curious. Yeah. Or like familiarity system, (laughs) but yeah, I hope it's not D'Antoni. I mean, D'Antoni did a great job in Houston, but you know, he had two superstars the whole time and a really good roster, Um, which right now the Kings, I guess you could argue have two stars, two good players, but they're not to the level of that team. And D'Antoni. that's where you like Atkinson. Right. And that's where I like Atkinson because he's mm-hmm. always that guy. I look at what happened with him in Brooklyn, and I, I, I obviously put no blame on him because it's literally, as I remember, Jill, and I could be wrong, it's a situation where he literally admitted, like, I'm not going to, I'm not the guy for this type of team. You know, I can't manage a Durant and a Kyrie Irving. Like, that's not what I was brought here to do. He I got them brought- to that point. And right. then, and then, and- but then it was said that too, he, he wanted to still play the Jared Allens and to do all this stuff, but crazy the egos and the other stuff, you know what I mean? Like the, it became agenda based, you know, and not completely his calls where it was DeAndre Jordan was gave it, getting it over Allen and then Allen was traded like, and we're seeing it now, right? The players are dictating again, what's going on there. And so, yeah, I mean, you he did what he was supposed to do and got him to that spot and improved every, I mean, they were fun. They all said he improved them. Yeah. And, and he has that track record and in Atlanta um, and there. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny that the, the bud tree is really good. Very good. Like, I mean, the names that are around him and what they've done and the pop um, tree, of course, is very good. So, I mean, yeah, that, that all, that all goes down. It's, um, but it was saying like everyone on that coaching staff from Atlanta, I think there was only one that like, didn't go far into the playoffs. Like that, that they had all had a piece, you know, um, on separate teams of taking teams that it's like, they all have gone on to be successful. And it was Darvin Ham who's on his bench. So, I mean, it's, um, yeah. There's a lot of. And I, I keep saying it, but it just to me, you know, in comparison to other s- sports that I follow, which is I mean, baseball and football primarily, I just don't see this long list of good young coaches that you could pl- pick from. And I'd be like, that's awesome. I'm happy with that. 
in the NFL, I felt like, you know, as a fan of a team that just picked a new coach, there was like five coaches where I was like, that's I, that just those guys. I don't really care about the rest of these people. Baseball, even more so, and a lot of it's very bizarre now because it's so analytically driven that you could pick a guy that no one's ever heard of and he could be the best for that job, but you just don't have any idea because that's, you know, he, he hasn't proven it yet. But ba- basketball, it's just like, you could look at any team. Honestly, I, I, I think you could look at any team in the NBA and look at their bench and be like, that's a guy that I think could be a pretty good coach. Even like Detroit. Yeah. I'm sure Casey's got someone on his staff that might be deserving of some recognition. Well, I mean, what Rex, Rex is on Rex his staff is- who was on ours, and he, he's been interviewed for head coaching gigs. And, and when he was out, he got the, the call, um, you know, during the, the COVID Right. You know, when he had to be out. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there, there's a lot of options, but there's the, a lot of options. The play itself is encouraging and I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole of talking about Halliburton, uh, the guy from SAC B Cameron, what's his name? He'll do that for us. He'll go ahead and make the outlandish claims that they should have never treated Halliburton and just strictly point out his numbers and ignore the fact that he's played as you pointed out, Jill. Without TJ Warren and Malcolm Brogdon, he's this is what I warn people like he's going to put up these nut like he plays every you minute. You should expect this because he's getting almost 40 minutes a night, right? Um, without his two main guards, and then Duarte was out too. The last one, like it's it's okay, yeah. Our weird if he didn't get the end of the day, you the goal should be that both teams come out on top because of this, mm-hmm. like and that's, I, think they will. I mean. Yeah, like let's let's see this stuff play out before we start falling apart and grading and and all of this stuff. I I'm completely cheering Hallie on from afar, and I it's I, I said this yesterday. You know, look what happens when you get out of Sacramento. Like he's all over everything. I know he's the hot name right now because of of the trade and mm-hmm. you know and it's it's all star and all this stuff, but. He was putting up these numbers here prior to the trade and nobody, they were not talking about him, right? Like as ESPN will tell you, he was getting DNPs in Sacramento as you know, and they're the head of the Halliburton, you know, fam club. And so, um, I'm happy for him that he's getting the Kang's chip off of him. Right. Like he will go first. I, I truly think this will be the best thing that happened to him. Like to me, what did we keep saying? He was going to be here. And if the Kings didn't do anything, he was going to be another name in the list of you're putting up great stats, but there's nobody else around you. Right. Like I don't have complete confidence (laughs) that this place was capable of, of putting that stuff around. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We don't have a crystal ball to see what would have happened had they kept him, but we know what the Pacers you know, what their history of, they can do. They might not be winning in the playoffs, but they're getting to the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, more often than not. And so the Kings got more talent here and they had to give up someone really good to get some extra talent. Um, but most times that's what you have to do. The Clippers traded SGA Jay and like six first round picks with Gallo and another piece, Oklahoma city to get Paul George. So, I mean, Paul George and yes, Sabonis not on the same level, but like everybody loves Shea. 
and we didn't have to give up six first round draft picks, pick swaps and you know, Gallo but, and like all yeah. these other things. Gallo's like, not a schmuck when he's healthy. I mean, at this point, we could have traded him at his highest value right now too, like to, you know, to get something better. So if it ends up working out here, in the next two years, that's all we should be caring about. Like we can be critical, you know, of, of what we're seeing right now. But I mean, for the first time we have a GM who actually had some balls and actually did something and got an all-star. And so I'm excited to see what else he does with it because he bought himself some time. And he knows he has to finish it. And we can, as fans can say, we're looking five years down the road, but a GM is not looking five years down the road in Sacramento because they will not make it five years here. No matter what you think the smart thing to do is, a GM is not guaranteed a five-year rebuild in Sacramento, literally, especially when you're on a 15-year playoff drought. As much as that can piss us off, that's just not the way it is here. If, if he was taking over maybe a, the first year of a rebuild, maybe he would have that leeway. But we're 15 years in. He wasn't going to get all this extra time to just throw assets away and bring back young talent and first round picks. Like that's, let's be real. Let's be real here. Like he would not have made it. <laughs> I forget. You know this. <laughs> Yeah, as no, much I as I said, do that. I'm also, you know, can logically look at it and say, as a fan, that's where I might have, you know, gone that way. But I can also understand as a GM, him not doing that because he's not guaranteed that. So he's going to try and build right now while he's here right now. I think it was you that said to me, brought the comparison of what the Bulls GM, who's the Greek guy whose name I can't pronounce, did last year in his first year uh, where he the Bulls got- Bulls and Cleveland, technically. Yeah, true. Yeah. And they went, they made that swing that kind of surprised people that didn't get them anywhere that year, but set them up to then build on it in the offseason. And the Bulls have segued Nikola Vucevic, who was a big acquisition for him to pair with Levine, who had, you know, people have been calling for him to get help because Levine- despite being an electric, prolific score, was getting a lot of blame for their lack of success. Yeah. And people would say, well, give him some help. Let him see what he can do with people. So they got Vucevic. They missed the playoffs and the play-in. And then got DeRozan, who's a legitimate MVP candidate, like we saw yesterday. Unbelievable how that guy's been playing. And then they got Lonzo, and they got Caruso, and they they put something together. Yes. And now they're the best team in the East. So the Kings, it's it could be very much the same thing, except you have to also do the coach because right. they had Donovan in place. Yeah. The only thing they had going for them more was, was cap space. And this is where Monty right. being has to be creative, right? Like, but yeah, I, I do think the Cleveland and Chicago like type of scenarios is what he's going for. Like if you can knock step one out here and then make, you know, a couple moves, whether it be, you know, and like we said, draft trade and free agency they have all those options they have the mid-level they have pieces to trade and they have their draft picks like everything is on the table at this point and so um yeah and and the thing is with Sabonis on the two years like your timeline's even that much more critical 
of, of completing it, you know, to, to keep him wanting to stay, which he says he does, which they're all going to say. Um, but that were to me, that is much more urgency to get this done. And I also liked that, again, we don't know what was available or not available, but I liked that he also didn't like fire sale after making that deal, um, to where he could have maybe not gotten as much for those assets as maybe he could get this off season. Again, we don't know. We all assumed guys were going to be traded, but he is very much shown that if the value is not there, he's not going to do it. So, um, that's something I always keep in mind. Like he has clearly shown that if he thinks something of value is there, he has no problem saying yes. Um, and I'm excited. Like, yeah. And, and getting, um, DiVincenzo at, at the rate that, that he got, um, super excited there. And, uh, are you going to go get DJ Wilson and fill that two way and complete that trade that, <laughs> that never happened? That would be before? funny. That would be um, funny. He's killing it right now in the G League. And a lot of people forgot he is from Sacramento. So, of course. Um, and we could use a stretch four at this point. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something we didn't say too is, is I hope Luke King, you know, gets, gets a shot somewhere. Um, now we have the extra plethora of wings, <laughs> wings and centers. And so I would assume it's going to be a point guard or right. um, a stretch. Um, DJ Augustine. Someone that stretches the floor. Yeah. Um, I remember wanting DJ Augustine all the way back in, I don't know what draft that was. I don't I, know. I don't know if they can sign him to a two-way though. That's the thing. Oh, I know it's, And so that's the thing. Um, but then the draft that Jason Thompson was drafted. I remember vividly, Joel, it's one of my early Kings memories. Wanting Augustine, 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 Texas guy. He was, he was a big deal. He was a point guard. They needed a point yeah. guard. And then they took some dude named Jason fucking Thompson out of Ryder <laughs> University, which is in New Jersey, I believe. Or am I thinking of Rutgers? Ryder is also mm, on it's, the East Coast. It's East Coast. It might, it's, it might be outside of Philadelphia. Too. It's, it's uh, yeah. in Pennsylvania. It's out there. It's, it's, the it's East Coast. high East Coast. Yeah. Upper East Coast. I was watching that and I was like nine and I was like, who the fuck is that? And then Augustine went one pick after it. Augustine never became anything crazy. Thompson was actually a pretty good King, but yeah, nah, like, but he's, he's a, he's a steady. Yeah. He's a steady backup. Like he's, you know, um, you know what you're getting, right? Right. Um, uh, which yeah. yes, we assume it's going to be a point guard. You're right. Someone that realistically that would have to be on a two way. Uh, I will say yeah, we don't sh- know what's going on with Mitchell's hand. Like that's yeah. it's again, be worse vague, than we so think. who knows? Um, and maybe there's nothing. And so they won't because it'll just be him. Um, big ragu. Right. Um, and, and Mitchell taking over to the end too. So will they bring like, there's then speculation of, will they bring Ramsey back? I don't know. Like there's a lot of options. Um, Cause you could sign Ramsey to a two year too. Do you have to have a two-way, a second two-way, or can you just have one? No, but it would be stupid not to. What if that person you sign instead to fill that roster spot is Tyree Gevins? It's there there is a year minimum. So I think it's like you have to have you can have had four years um on an NBA roster, I believe. And so 
if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a four year thing. And so some of these older players can get away from it because they've only spent like partial, like Jordan bell was on a two way last year, but he's, he's been on teams and off teams so often that I think that it's, there's that line. And then you had, um, uh, the Martin twin in Miami, they had oh, him on a two way this year and then, and then just signed him to a regular spot. And then Houston did it, um, to, um, to someone. And so again, I I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a four year thing. And so, um, like DJ Wilson, he's on that four year mark. And so, um, yeah, I don't think Tyreek would be able to do it just for that reason, unless there's some sort of rule because he was out and reinstated. He like, I don't know, for a year or two, um, but I think it was. would have to be a regular roster spot for him. Um, we just got to do it. So everyone, but can- yeah, I mean, cause you can sign, one of these two way guys, I believe to just an end of the season one, and then offer them two years, you know, down the road, um, in the next contract where you can offer them another two year, two way, but it's, I mean, these are people you should be taking, you know, shots on. And we've seen plenty of teams right now who had had two ways, let two way guys go signed another one, let him go signed another one. So some teams don't care about the money in that sense, depending on where they're at and they just need extra bodies. Um, but there's still plenty of guys out there that you could target if you need someone like there are people putting up big numbers and they're just waiting for their shot. Right. I still think if you're smart, you're working on trying to develop a specific something like right now, what they're doing with Kata, like to me, like give him as many minutes possible and have Bobby built him exactly what you need him to be when he comes up. Like Which would be that's what year, you should be doing. Cause that's all your you backups, yes. all your backup centers. Holmes is likely to be. That's traded. what Miami does. If you want right. to be smart, follow Miami. <laughs> Very true. I always thought a Miami executive or Miami coach, anyone on Spolster's bench is someone you would wisely invest in. But center wise, Kata is the one guy that you, you know is going to be here next year. Other than Sabonis, because Holmes will be probably traded. And then Jones and Len are free agents. Uh, Len has one year. That's oh, that, and that's why he's still here. Oh, I thought it was a one year. Me, deal. that is why he's still here. He has another like three million next year. It was oh, a two year deal. Wow, I forgot. Yeah, that was so, very much a loop. People Walton wondering thing. why he's still here. That's why because you'd have to eat the rest of this season and another like three million next year. Thank so, you, Jill. I didn't know this. Um. All right. Well, let's. Uh, yeah. At least for the time being, unless they right. like did the, you know, the buyout weight, you know, however it works, but you'd have to, you'd have to get him to, to give away money. And that's not, you know, so, but that's where it gives you options in the off season too. If someone right. needs a $3 million center too. So yeah, true. And he's got some size and he's still pretty young. Alex Lenny. people forget that he's like 25 or 26 years old. Um, okay. Shift into the last part of this episode. We're going to talk about last 22 games. Not going to be easy. They have a lot of tough games ahead of them. Uh, one stretch in particular, when I was looking at their schedule when they got back, they play the Nuggets back-to-back in Sacramento, then in Denver. Obviously, the Nuggets are getting healthier. They're playing a lot better. In the middle of March, Jill, they play a lot. They play a good amount of home games in March. But from March 14th through March 20th, they play the Bulls, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Suns at home, all of the games. But yeah. all of those teams are really good. The Suns have right. lost one game in yeah. 19 tries. And what I the think Bulls. they have like eight home games left. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so this is where we were saying that like what they need to finish as the 10, it's going to be ex- 
it's not going to be easy. So if they somehow start playing really great basketball and do it, I guess like that's exciting in itself, but, um, the odds are not in their favor when it comes to this stuff. And that's, you know, at this point I we're okay with that. (laughs) Right. Um, we're okay with, uh, ping pong balls at this point. Um, I got to point out real quick that stretch. It's all, it's kind of funny. That's right. Uh, the stretch after that five games, they go on the road and then they play five teams that are all with the exception. I mean, the heat are really good, but they play five games. They have the Tyrese Halliburton game, March 23rd in Indiana, the magic. Then they play the heat. That's the one tough game. And then they play a back to back in Houston where they just stay there, play Wednesday, take a day off, play Friday against the Rockets. So they, they follow up a five game homestand. That's incredibly difficult with a five game road trip. That's pretty easy, except excluding Miami. Of course, kind of weird. Scheduling is always funny to me in the NBA. That's um, I think James said this yesterday in in his podcast that um, it was Randolph that that came up to him was like, "Is is their schedule always like this? Like because guys come here and they're like, and he's like, yeah, bad teams get bad schedules. Like, yeah, but it, we've heard this multiple times from from different vets when they come in, like." I think Matt Barnes has said it too. Like, it's dang, like, <laughs> you guys get screwed. <laughs> essentially, I mean, and and until you're good again, you're gonna get screwed. Yeah, and he's long. I mean, the schedule is framed like that because of COVID. When they send you on the road, they want to keep you on the road for as long as they can to kind of just kind of like knock it out. And then at home, it's kind of the same situation. They want to keep it at home for as long as they can. That's a COVID thing from how I've always perceived it. We yeah, have 22 games, Jill. I'm going to throw this at you. But we've seen some weird ones where it's like, well, that one didn't really make sense. Like, why didn't, why wouldn't the teams have just come here instead oh, of yeah. you going oh, there yeah. and then coming back? Like, there were some weird, weird no, travel true. ones. Like, even now, playing Denver here and then Denver and there. Like, Denver. I don't know. I get it. It's West Coast, but that's still um, a plane, right? You can't drive. But it's still, you yeah. Drive. You're not going to drive. Um, but even prior to COVID, it was always like, yeah, you guys got screwed in yeah. your schedule is set. Exactly and we're not on tv that. so they don't we you know what i mean like they don't have to to work with us so it's yeah um last 22 games what is an expectation that you would like you know not necessarily what you expect i'll just keep it like that what would you like to see them do in the last 22 is it even a win and loss thing or just like a level no to level me thing? it's get as many minutes to the guys to me, have what he sees going forward. Or if you have a core of a certain people, but then want to try out, like to me, it's are you are you trying out Trey Lyles has a has a team option right next like year. Three million, I um, two and a half. Are you gonna use it? Now you if you're gonna use it, throw them in here and let's see what happens. Like to me, it's do I want to use the option? Do I not? Like can you, you can give it a shot right now. We know what Metu, right. We know what Metu is doing, um, and not doing. So at this point, like, I want to see if they're going to kind of mix, um, any of that other kind of stuff in there. Um, I want to see, uh, Fox Mitchell and Sabonis pairing together. Um, I think it was Omer that put it up and it was like, there was so many possess. I don't know if it was like 56 possessions or something like that but they had like a crazy offensive rating. And then their defensive one was like under a hundred. So it's like, okay, like let's see some more minutes at this. Like, let's see what happens. I want to see more of Mitchell um, and DiVincenzo together. I love that. I think it was Damien that called him the, 
it's uh you have off night and off white <laughs> <laughs> and so um True. If that's your pairing going forward off the bench, like get them as many minutes as possible, as long as Mitchell's okay. Um, and so, yeah, like I want to see pairings of, of guys minutes wise of what they see going forward or what they want to try out so they can make some of those decisions coming. Sit. I'm perfectly fine with sitting guys. If you're, if you're not sure they're going to have to figure out Rashawn Holmes right now, because Jones was playing really well. Right. Um, and there's a fine line right now of trying to get Holmes back to where he was, or do you sit him to preserve the value that he's had? Um, I hope for him that he's able to, to clear his head, you know, during this break and, and come back out like the Rashawn we know. Um, but he doesn't look comfortable in those goggles. Like I've never seen him not be able to catch the ball. Like that's never been, a thing for him. And so it's just really, it's just really weird. So I hope that this, this break allows him to kind of, you know, clear his head and, and get back to where he needs to be too, because, um, that has been such a huge value for you. Right. Uh, you know, going forward that. I refuse to believe that Rashawn wasn't getting offers. They weren't getting offers on Rashawn. And instead I believe what you said, Jill, where it wasn't to the liking of Monty, who obviously understands that this guy's under contract. He just gave him a contract extension. And he goes, yeah, I mean, I could ship you right off right now, get you out, clear that situation. But yeah, I and, don't want and, this. Yeah, and we even had Charlotte saying from their end where a lot of people were like, oh, P.J. Washington, get P.J. Washington. I was one of them, right? But then on their end, they were saying they didn't get the value offers that they thought for him. So they weren't going to like, they weren't going to, you know, just do it. And so that's something to remember that like, even though names are thrown out there, doesn't mean that you're necessarily getting the offers, you know, vice versa that, that we think are being thrown out there. Right. In our hypothetical trade machine mind, we're, we're going to put out there. Um, so people know this is obviously just my guesstimation, but just to put it in perspective for people context, if the Kings are to make the plan from where they are now, how many games they have left, you would need realistically, Jill, to win 13 to 14 of your remaining games. So you need to go 13 yeah. and nine or 14 and eight. That would put you at 35, 36 wins. That is even low balling, potentially the 10th spot in the West. But with how it is, that, that, that seems accurate. That's not easy. You're asking them to go no. four or five games over 500, if not more. And with the teams that they have to face, they play Phoenix a couple more times. They play uh, the Clippers a couple more times, and they're starting to play a little bit better. That's not going to be easy. So right, and you want and that, the five hundred basketball right, and we've saw we've seen them go two and two right since this whole thing started, and five hundred is better than what they had been doing right previously. True, true. And so that's kind of our thing too. That like it, if more happens, that means something's really clicking and working. Great. Right. Um, but if not, I don't think any of us should really be surprised or buy into the narrative that. All of this was done just for the 10 seed. I, I, no, you already I, said it wasn't. I could I mean, be crazy, but I, I, we, I really don't think that was a thing. Two things that McNair did in his press after the trades, which I don't know how many people listened to it. I made sure to listen, made me feel a lot better about all the emotions I was having. Two things that he said that stuck out that one right there. This was not a play for this year necessarily, although we hope to win and have success, but this was a long term approach for us. And the second one, 
To me, it was like you you got a guy who has two and a half years left. You did it for the next three years. Like that was your goal, right? Like is restricted. Right. To me, Lyles has the option. Yes. And you weren't doing it for Halliburton's extended the contract because Monty might not be here through his rookie contract. He did it to get the big name for the next three years and let's roll the dice and see what happens. Holidays under contract as well next year. So this was these guys are in a good spot for them. And then the second thing was his complete and utter sidestep of the Alvin Gentry question, which the guy had asked something along the lines of, if Alvin does well with this group, whatever, do you think about taking the interim tag off? How are you in that feeling? And he just goes, you know, Alvin's got a lot on his plate. He's got to re- incorporate a bunch of guys. I'm excited to see him do it. And that was always said. Because Monty's already thinking, I bet you with the approach that Alvin's probably not my guy. I need to start thinking of who I want to bring in here with this team that I'm turning over. Alvin... To build on that, Jill, Alvin wants the job, you know, right? This is probably his last chance as a head coach. He wants this job. So he's going to do everything he can, which is where the sitting players, unless it's coming directly from McNair, and I don't think Monty would do that. That's a tough thing for Alvin to buy, you know, to do that. Because he's trying to fucking win. Yeah. He's, yeah. Fight, I, you know, he's R. Kelly in this. I'm fighting for my fucking life, you know? Like, that's what he's doing. He's fighting for his head coaching life. Otherwise, he's either an assistant for the rest of his coaching career or he retires after this. But Alvin wants it. So that's a sub-element that I am going to keep an eye on these last 22 games because Alvin's going to coach like he wants the fucking job. Right? Do you agree? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think that's why we saw 10 minutes of Holmes last game. Yeah. He could have played five minutes of Jones and and that would have been better. Right. I mean, and that's where I think it's going to be interesting going forward. Um, these next 22. It's going to be a fun 22. And me and Jill will be back sometime next week, probably after the game start next Thursday, probably next Friday, Jill, honestly. After we get to see that first game back, we can come back and chat it up, uh, see if they can knock off the, the nuggets at home. And uh, yeah, that we'll keep doing this approach, guys. Again, appreciate you guys being patient with us as we kind of sporadically just throw an episode together when we feel like it and when we have time. Um, Enjoy All-Star Weekend if you decide to watch. Don't know why you would unless you're a huge fan of Vivek's daughter, who Jill, I didn't even know sang <laughs> until like a couple of days ago. You um, didn't know that? Oh, that's I didn't know that was thing. a thing. I didn't oh, yeah. know that was a thing. I don't she pay attention to that. She actually does. Family. I will give her credit. She does really good stuff with animal charities. Like that's been okay. her thing. But yeah, no, she is, um, she's done like the national anthem like here. And like some of the music guys that have come to like sit with Vivek is because like... Of her. They're cool with her. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Did not know that. But um, she went to school for it, if I'm not mistaken. For like, music? For music. Oh, cool. So. I forget. I'd see, that's something else. I, you know, it's something I don't even know people did that. I think. I could be wrong, but that's I what I school for I like thought. theater and arts. Yeah. I, guess, I, I didn't think about the fact you could do music. Yeah. Good I'm pretty her. sure. I'm not positive. She might have had like a co-business with that, but I'm pretty sure that's what She's was technically the, the only King's representative of the weekend. So, I mean- you know, and I think pra- some, I think pra- I saw that she made a basket. So good, oh, good, good, good for her. Yeah. She's an athlete as well. <laughs> well, everyone uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Stay out of trouble. You know, say what my dad always says to me, stay out of trouble. Have fun. Finish Ozark. That's the other thing. I need to do that. Slater dudes. <laughs>